Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Without wasting any time, here is mayoral candidate for Alnwick Haldeman, Steve Gilchrist. I'm so pleased to have with me today, Steve Gilchrist, candidate for mayor of Alnwick Haldeman Township. Welcome to Consider This. Well, thank you very much, Robert. I'm pleased to be with you today. There may be some people who don't know you. So let's begin with you introducing yourself as a candidate for mayor. Well, thank you very much. Um, my family and I fell in love with uh, what we now consider our family farm up in uh, up, uh, near Rice Lake about 45 years ago. Um, attracted by not just the scenery, but just just the great community. And uh, that love affair has has never ended for me. I am fascinated by the range of uh, geological features, the the different uh, environmental aspects, the predominance of agriculture, um, and and quite frankly, a great lifestyle. I I think an awful lot of Canadians have lost uh, what we continue to enjoy here across Northumberland County, I'm not going to single out Alnwick Haldeman, uh, but but Alnwick Haldeman is uh, perhaps the perfect example. It, it has enough services to, to meet the needs of its constituents. It's closer to um, an even bigger uh, couple of towns, uh, but it's got a really great lifestyle. And uh, I, I, I think it's worth protecting and worth, worth uh, uh, throwing my hat in the ring to, to be part of uh, hopefully, uh, an entire council that that really does want to to continue to see, uh, particularly agriculture, uh, maintain such a strong presence in the township. There may be some voters who will say, "Well, wait a minute, you weren't born here. You've lived here for forty five <laughs> years, but you were not born here, and also that you you haven't spent the majority of your life living here." Um, well, actually, that's not true. What, what would you What would you say to those people who might think you're you're not really from Alnwick Haldeman? Well, I, I, I you can't hold it to get my parents where I was born, but uh, uh, we've had the farm now for over two thirds of my life. So, so I I think that that uh, that certainly uh, make, makes me comfortable with the process I'm undertaking now, and and. Uh, I, I think, in fact, allows me an even broader perspective. As I was growing up, my father had a number of promotions that took us across the country. So I've seen places like Prince Edward Island and Calgary and Toronto, where I was born. Uh, but I've also seen how they've evolved and what they look like today versus what they looked like when I lived there uh, as, a, as a child. And uh, and, and again, I, I feel that sense of loss in those communities. So when I lived in Calgary, it was the southernmost street. I got up every morning, looked out my window, and there were the Rocky Mountains. That street is now over a mile and a half inside the southern boundary of Calgary. And all of those ranches and, 
and lovely vistas, they're all gone. And, uh, and so my, I, I hope we don't suffer that same fate here, particularly because it isn't just the lovely vistas. Agriculture is by far the number one economic driver in the township, and in fact, in the county as a whole. So, so it's, a, it, it's not a particularly healthy trade-off to lose those ongoing revenue streams from agriculture, the employment opportunities, this, the ancillary businesses uh, for the sake of a one-time uh, development of, of, let's say, a housing uh, neighborhood. Um, I'd like to get in talking to about those issues in just a moment, but sure. just helping people get to know you a bit better. You have served at Queen's Park as a politician, and you have served as a minister for the government. You've also advised politicians at the provincial and federal levels of government. You have done a lot of high-level stuff that impacts millions of people. Why do you feel the urge to suddenly participate in this level of government at the municipal level that looks after potholes and building permits? <laughs> well, well, I think they're all connected. All of the, those points are connected. First off, uh, municipal governments are by far the, the, the ones, are the ones that by far have the, the strongest connection with the people um, because of those things you've just mentioned. If, if there's a, if the water doesn't come on in Coburg or if there's a pothole on your uh, township road or, or, or there's some kind of uh, uh, a breakdown in infrastructure, it's immediately, uh, uh, it, it immediately affects the, the community. Whereas a lot of the stuff done at Queens Park and in Ottawa, a deal in more philosophical preventative measures that uh, hopefully will never be called upon. I, I guess the thing that really strikes me is that of all the things I was able to do when I was at Queens Park, the ones which I'm most proud, uh, the creation of the Oak Ridges Moraine Conservation Plan, uh, um, in particular, related to the environment and related to exactly the things that inspire me to run right now. I, I, I think it would have been a terrible uh, shame if we had not protected the moraine when we did. 88% uh, of the land mass that was left behind at the end of the glacial period, the most recent glacial period, has now been protected in perpetuity. That means clean drinking water for over a quarter million Ontarians. It means clean water running into 31 streams and rivers that run north to Lake Simcoe and south to, to Lake Ontario. So the fishing and tourism uh, uh, impacts of, of being able to maintain those watersheds. Uh, it, it really was something that, that I thought the time had come, much like a generation earlier, we had protected the Niagara Escarpment. And when you stop to consider that the moraine covers 24% of all of Northumberland County and almost 50% of all of Haldeman, you, you, you can connect the dots and see why uh, what I saw as my most important contribution at Queen's Park has a very direct bearing on the township in which I live. That really leads well into my next question because uh, before we get into the specific issues, how are you going to make life in Aldwick Haldeman better compared to the last four years? Well, there's certainly a lot of things I learned when I was down at Queen's Park. And perhaps I can offer that that's the competitive advantage I have uh, over the other candidates for mayor. It isn't just having good intention that, that I think the voters want to see. It's having the skill set to actually deal with problems when they arise, or better yet, anticipate problems 
and prevent them from occurring in the first place. So for example, one, one of the things that quite frankly shocked me when I was first parliamentary assistant and then minister at Municipal Affairs and Housing was the fact that every municipality loses money on every single home that gets developed. Now reflect on that for a second. The more homes we build, the more money the municipalities lose because the infrastructure that goes to, to uh, create the opportunities to, to site those new homes is not fully covered by the developers themselves. Now that can be changed. Uh, every municipality has the ability to set a development charge. And so one of the things, uh, understanding that the single biggest, uh, I, if you'll forgive me, threat right now in Alnwick-Haldeman is a proposed development down in the little hamlet of Lakeport, outside the hamlet of Lakeport, historical hamlet, um, 800 homes. That, that may not seem like a lot to people coming from Mississauga or Markham or, or Toronto, but that's 25% of all the existing homes in the entire township. So we're talking about one development on 200 acres of, by the way, very good farmland on the lakefront, um, on a road that can't handle thousands of, of uh, additional cars each day, uh, with health and safety issues because the road to get you to that development, the three options you would take, two of them across level rail crossings. So if the ambulance or fire truck happens to be stopped by a train on its way to a, an emergency call, you're going to have a big problem. So for a long, long list of reasons, agricultural, environmental, and economic, this is a very poorly thought out development. Now, the good news is it is facing almost unanimous opposition from the community down there. But again, I think the difference between uh, uh, what I can bring to the table and my opponents is that I, I know of at least five different pieces of legislation that we can use to, to, to stop such an excessive and inappropriate development. And I will move immediately if I'm successful this fall to, to work with my fellow councillors to see that we use every tool in the toolbox to, to make sure that the public will, when it comes to, to that development and, and any future inappropriately cited um, uh, developments uh, is dealt with very directly and uh, absolutely. I wanted to talk to you very much about the Lakeport Beach development. Um, now you've mentioned its impact on, on agricultural land um, and you've also mentioned the environmental impacts. I was also curious, though, about how this development group is seeking a possible ministerial order, I believe an uh, MZO it's called, uh, right. to try and go around the municipality. How would you handle that particular situation? Um, to ensure that the local municipality gets its say and uh, the, the wishes of council and residents are heard and followed through on? At a personal level, I would vote against an MZO. I would vote against any MZO ever it, during if I'm successful. Uh, for a simple reason that, uh, as you've just said, MZOs remove the planning decision-making from the lower tier municipality all the way up and move it to, move it to the province. And I don't see that as the expressing the democratic will of the people who are affected most by developments. Um, I'm not opposed to all development. If somebody wants to add 
a reasonable number of homes in Grafton or on the edge of Grafton, well, that's a debate we can have because there's a school there, there's, there, there's infrastructure, there are services. Um, but, but in the middle of a farmer's field, miles and miles and miles from, from the nearest convenience store or gas station or, or school, um, it just doesn't make sense. So I will always stand in opposition to that sort of um, satellite uh, community. Uh, more importantly, though, I, I would work again, hopefully convincing my fellow councillors of the merits of similarly opposing the MZO. The good news is the question came to the township council uh, a few months ago, and they, to their credit, they voted no. Unfortunately, a majority of that council are not running again, which is one of the reasons I thought I'd throw my hat in the ring. Um, I, I'm quite content if, if, the, if the council you have is already doing all the things you would want to do, then wh why mess with, a, with a, a known commodity? But in this case, because a majority of councillors are not running again, it, it, it opens up the potential for just the kind of vote you've talked about. So I will always vote against MZOs and not just the Lakeport, but any, anywhere uh, the application is made in, in the township. How do you react, because you've alluded to this already, how do you react to the county's plan for agricultural lands, the agricultural mapping that's taking place right now? Well, they had three open houses and I, I made a point of attending and participating in one of them and offering my thoughts. Um, uh, I personally believe that north of the 401 in particular, just because it's an easy boundary for everyone to wrap their head around, that 100% of the existing farmland should be protected. Um, I, I think south of the 401, obviously, there's even, the best farmland is the, is the land in the southern end of the township. As you get closer to the lake, the quality of, of the farmland improves the productivity of that land. And, and so it's critically important there. But I think you're going to have more of a, a, a site-specific debate as you walk through farm by farm, property by property. Uh, north of the 401, I can't think of a single argument to, to suggest there is merit in losing any of the farmland we have right now. When you hear the stats, as, as revealed in the most recent census, that this province loses 319 acres of farmland every single day, that's 100,000 acres a year. To put it in perspective, if that loss was just in Northumberland County instead of province-wide, we'd have no farmland in 16, 17 months. So that, Imagine the entire uh, county, not just the township, the entire county being bereft of any farms. Um, but that, there is a timeliness to making sure that these protections are put in place and that councils sympathetic to agriculture are elected this fall because we can't afford to keep losing. The, the, the greatest irony, probably, uh, when it comes to urban planning in this province, is that we know the federal government has set immigration levels at, at, at record highs. So we have more and more people coming to Canada and less and less land to grow the food that they're going to eat. This is not a long-term logical uh, planning process. And in fact, it's the antithesis of that. We, we need to protect our farmland while farmers invest in the technologies to make that land more productive. Our dairy farmers are installing uh, robotic milking machines, our, our uh, 
crop farmers are buying bigger and bigger pieces of equipment, wider and wider booms, so that each each pass down the field covers more land. They're investing in GPS so that the tractor drives itself and and literally doesn't waste any fertilizer or seed as they're undertaking those operations. And so so farming is becoming more efficient, but that doesn't minimize the risk that we're heading towards food insecurity. California has already concluded by the year 2030, they will not be able to grow enough food for their own population. So- But, but when you, when you go look at the planning committee meetings and the agendas, and they're jam packed with people looking to develop individual lots. And with the county wanting to concentrate development in focus places like hamlets and villages and towns, are you concerned though that this kind of piecemeal development will have an impact and what would you do about it? So, so yes, that is exactly the sort of thing that I think we have to, to, to steer away from. Um, I haven't been able to get from the township office the number of uh, severances that have not been used yet in Alderman Calderman, but let me give you an example right next door. Hamilton Township has 670 severances that have been made in some cases going back 20 years that were never built upon. I, I must admit, I have a problem with that. In each case, the applicant came and made a promise. They, they made undertakings to, to the township council and said, I need to sever this because my children want to continue to work at the farm or the parents want to retire on there. And clearly, if we're talking 10 and 20 years later, that was not, did not turn out to be um, an honest um, uh, undertaking. And so when you know that there's 670 home opportunities already in Hamilton, it, it reinforces the need for townships across Northumberland County to be increasingly vigilant and to make sure that we're not creating more of, of a, of a uh, disconnection between urban and rural residential and agricultural uses, not just because of the loss of that one or two acres. And it's great when it is the kids or the parents of that existing farm family. But five or 10 years later, if it's somebody else that moves out here from perhaps a more urban uh, uh, previous life, uh, they, <laughs> they're then challenged with things like the spreading of manure uh, uh, by the farmers in the adjacent field. And that, that can be a bit jarring for, for some folks uh -huh. who, who think that somehow it's an intrusion now on their, uh, on their rights. Well, it, it, you're, you, have, you bring forward some really good points, but there's another side to the coin as well. And that is the lack of affordable housing within Northumberland and within Alnwick-Haldeman and also rental opportunities. How do you strike a balance then in your township between affordable housing, rental opportunities, your desire to protect agricultural lands? Uh, they, the riding I represented for eight years at Queen's Park has the highest density of publicly owned housing in the province. I am extremely familiar with, uh, if you'll forgive me, the wrong way to build because it, massive numbers of units, but no recreational facilities for the kids living there to participate. You need to find a balance. But the other thing that, that I did learn on a positive note, every one of those developments was situated on a major road near jobs, accessed by, by public transit, near, with a critical density that schools were nearby, that sort of thing. You don't get that 
building a small satellite community in, in the middle of a rural township. It makes a lot of sense, and it is the way the county has already gone, to, to have the publicly owned housing close to where the jobs are. In, in our larger communities like Coburg and Port Hope, where we have bus access for people who may not uh, uh, own a car. And, and so logic has to play a key role in the planning decisions for all municipal services, but I would say particularly for public housing. Um, when it comes to affordability generally, there are really limited tools that the municipal level of government has. Uh, it's up to the province to, to really play the biggest role in incenting affordable housing. What we can do at the municipal level is control property taxes. And um, back when I was in at Queen's Park, we changed the law to be able to provide eight subcategories within each major category of property tax. So if somebody were to propose in a hamlet or in Grafton, doing something um, that would would be that you could describe as affordable housing, you could create a new property tax at a lower level that is consistent with provincial legislation. So there are some tools, but they really all are, are gen, in generally speaking, related to the property tax uh, ability of the municipality. I'd like to move on. Um, the county is also doing some uh, planning around the protection of natural heritage which ties in, of course, to environmental protection and climate change. Where do you stand on the county's plans for protecting lands for, uh, or sorry, protecting the natural heritage of uh, properties in Alnacaldeman? Well, I, I feel very strongly in favor. I, 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 living in a farmhouse that's now over 160 years old, you certainly come to understand the historical uh, perspective of some of our man-made structures. And surrounded as it was by, by the Oak Ridge's moraine, I certainly came to understand the natural heritage features that we're blessed with in the, in the township and in the county widely. So it, this exactly the same thought process that inspired me to, to uh, uh, lead the campaign to protect the Oak Ridge's moraine uh, makes me sympathetic to what the town, sorry, the county is doing now. Uh, outside the moraine. Obviously the moraine is protected, period, and stop. Now we can look at the other 76% of the county, in the case of Alnwick, about 50, 52% that doesn't fall within the moraine, and uh, and make sure that we we don't reach the, the point where we're looking in the rearview mirror and saying, gee, it really was a shame that we allowed all of our major forests or or farmland or 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 the sort of things that act as a an integrated ecosystem to, to give us all of those environmental benefits that we have today. I mean, farmers invest in windrows for, the, for their protection uh, against erosion um, and wind damage uh, to their crops. The, the reality is that our number one industry in the township, agriculture, has a vested interest in maintaining managed forests and windrows as a balance. Not all, not all of our land is class one, two, or three farmland. Some of it is four, five, and six, and it is better suited as wetlands or, or forests. And so, again, logic should be driving that planning decision. And I'm really encouraged by the extent to which the county is looking in such ex exquisitely 
uh, detailed fashion at, at protecting the, the natural heritage. And I certainly will support that endeavor wholeheartedly. The township has an ambitious parks and recreation master plan. What is the future of the Haldeman Memorial or the Grafton Arena in your mind? Oh, well, I, I, I think it's critically important. And, 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 and while municipal politics is and should remain nonpartisan, I think it's fair to say that at least having a good relationship with our provincial and federal representatives is very important. <clears throat> you, you get more sugar, you, you get more flies with sugar than, than uh, vinegar. And I, I will work very strongly with uh, Minister Pacini and, and with Phil Lawrence to make sure that our town, township gets its fair share for any uh, financial supports that come down in terms of uh, uh, not just protecting, but enhancing our recreational facilities. I'm very impressed with the work that uh, Minister Pacini has done to bring money from Queen's Park down to the riding. I wanna make sure Alnwick Haldeman continues to get its fair share. And, and, and I think the facilities in Grafton and in Roseneath are essential. I mentioned earlier in this discussion the, the absence of recreational facilities and the negative impact that had in, in my old riding uh, back in Scarborough. And I don't wanna see that ever happen in, in our community out here. We need a place for not just kids, all individuals, uh, all the way through to seniors programs to have, to have a local option. And we've got some great facilities right now. They're worth continuing to maintain. And I'd like to say enhance as the resources become available to do that. Would you replace the existing facility at, in Grafton, the existing arena? Uh, again, in a, in a fiscally responsible fashion and taking direction from, from uh, engineering studies as to the necessity, um, I, I tend by nature to not be somebody that throws things away that are still functioning, uh, but where, where the need exists, and I, I think we can certainly make the case in Grafton, that the population increase has left us in a situation that we, we could use either a larger or a, an existing expanded or a new larger facility. But you, you can't lose sight of the financial implications of that as well. Um, our property taxes aren't the highest, but they're certainly not the lowest either in central Ontario. And I think we have to remain vigilant that we don't price uh, particularly seniors and uh, lower income folks out of home ownership in the township uh, by by taking our eye off the um, off off the ball when it comes to our property tax level. Well, it's interesting you should mention that because uh, you you know every year there are these steady increases in property taxes. what What can you say to people who are listening uh, that might be concerned about property taxes going up? I am not satisfied that it is a necessity. Um, I mentioned earlier, there's an economic impact to large developments. Let me give you a couple of hard numbers. Uh, by law, before a single house can be occupied, if that development were to proceed, there has to be in place a, a system to bring them clean water and to dispose of the, the waste, the wastewater. And uh, each of those facilities 
build, building a facility to do each of those things will be in the ballpark of $10 million. By law, the municipality must assume the operation of those facilities once they're done and before the first home is occupied. So all of a sudden now, the developer is making all the profit selling those homes, but the township, the existing taxpayers, and, and anybody new moving in there will pick up the operating costs, which will be considerable. Now you say, but that's great. It's divided by 800. Not the day the first house comes in. The day the first house is occupied, in theory, if you wanted to be, to, to be silly about it, you could say, well, we'll set a property tax in that community. Um, we use our ability to set different classes. And that the occupants of Lakeport would pay for Lakeport's infrastructure. But that's not the way it's typically done. And quite frankly, you, you can't do that piecemeal all across the township. So generally speaking, before any revenue comes in from the new homes, the existing 3,233 homes get to divide the operating cost of any new infrastructure like that. And, and so that's, that's just not fair. They had no say um, if, if an MZO were used and limited say, unless the council, as I mentioned as well earlier, uses all the tools in its toolbox to prevent this inappropriate development. But they, but they get to pay and pay with no say is never, never a, 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 a way to, to keep constituents happy. And so, so I think we can't lose sight of the fact that some of that past growth has had a material impact in the cost of, of running the township. I'll give you an example of a well, community. Let me just give you one quick example of a community that has gone too far down the road. And you can say it's not the same. I'm going to say 50 years ago it was the same. And, and so barely two generations later, Pickering. Pickering's budget this year is 50% capital. So think about that. If none of the 35,000 homes that have been zoned for Brock Road were being built. So if there was no need for new roads and sewers and sidewalks and then another police station, another fire hall, you could, you could cut Pickering's property tax in half and still pay for all of the operating aspects. I don't want to see us go down that road. And, and I think our, our neighbors in Coburg have seen the kind of increases that, that I believe come with larger developments. Um, it started first with the waterfront developments, and we know the pricing on those homes, but we also know the property taxes down there, and they are formidable. And so if we, if we want to make sure that living in Alnwick Haldeman remains affordable for everyone, we, we have to be vigilant that we don't allow those ancillary expenses to find their way into the, into the township's budget. You have been involved in partisan politics for quite a while. In your role as mayor, how are you going to handle dealing with both the provincial and federal representatives? Some voters might look at that and go, oh, they're all conservatives, therefore they'll all cooperate. And how are you gonna be able to stand up to, if necessary, the provincial and federal representatives in order to represent the people of Alnwick Haldeman. Oh, How do I you never change had that any, perception? I, I never had any problem uh, when I was a provincial representative uh, 
uh, fighting for my constituents against federal initiatives, uh, particularly when it came to uh, issues like the Rouge Park um, and, and the shoreline. Uh, I was able to get the funds provincially to stop the erosion of the Scarborough Bluffs in, in my riding. And that's a federal jurisdiction, but they didn't come to the table. I, I made sure that built a business case, was able to convince the premier that in the absence of the feds coming through, it made sense for us to do this to protect the homes um, closest to Lake Ontario in that community. I would take the same approach here. Obviously, you try and work in a cooperative and friendly fashion, but at the end of the day, if, if you're serious about the job you take on, you have to understand that your primary re responsibilities will always be to the constituents of Alma Calderman. And that may, at time to time, mean disagreeing. It may mean coming out publicly and, and describing what the province is doing as not being fair. Right now, for example, we've got the, the proposed new Go Transit uh, feeder um, service that's going to be able to take folk commuters from Northumberland County and connected the Oshawa GO train station. Fantastic news. It, it, decades overdue, but better late than never. I want to make sure there's always a stop servicing Alnwick Caldeman, either on Highway 2 or at the 401, uh, the Grafton exit. But, eventually, but the other thing I'm going to do is, is work with Minister Pacini to see if we can get a second feeder run running up County Road 45 to Roseneath and maybe even beyond that. Uh, and so so I, I think there are a lot of things where you can stand up for your constituents and in a friendly, but, <laughs> but, but still uh, non-negotiable, uh, the bottom line is not negotiable. Your responsibilities are to the constituents in, in uh, your, your own jurisdiction, in this case, on Caldeman, and I, I will take that very seriously. Roads are vitally important. What are your plans to keep roads maintained over the next four years? It's probably the most important uh, municipal responsibility. Of course, our major roads tend to be county owned and operated and the mayor sits on county council. So you, you can't point a finger and say, well, it's them, not, not us. You, you, if, you're, if I'm fortunate enough to be the mayor, I will be able to have input on all the roads that affect Alnwick Calderman. One of the reasons I, I, I cited this earlier that I, I really disagree with the Lakeport development is it is, uh, it, it currently is serviced by a, a two lane road, no shoulders. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it is at the lower level of the, the uh, uh, level of, of uh, sort of modern engineering. Uh, it, it's, it's perfectly safe, uh, but you add a few thousand uh, car uses every day and it would, it would be easy to overwhelm that road. It, it would cease to be a safe road. So the township has to get, always be ahead of the curve. You can't build and then expand the roads. You have to make sure, and no different than working with the school board to make sure that a school, uh, the planning and execution of a school expansion happens as of, or even just before, uh, people start moving into new homes with with children that need that school. And so it, it it would be my highest priority. I think the township does a very good job maintaining its roads. I, I It took 45 years, but for the first time ever, we actually have a yellow stripe down <laughs> the, the road uh, the farm is on. And uh, so bit by bit, we're, we continue to improve things. But 
but all kidding aside, I, I am very proud of uh, the fact that the township has, has done a very good job of, of uh, maintaining top quality roads. And I would certainly be a commitment of mine that that, that standard may be maintained in the future. There will be a major change in the way the OPP will be governed starting in this new term. What is your view of the changes from the five individual OPP committees to one? And do you think it's going to give your municipality more control? To be honest, um, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not overly concerned. I think at some point we'll probably see this evolve even further and a countywide uh, police services board would be created. That, that is what has happened in, in some of the other uh, counties, um, and particularly in Southwest Ontario. And um, uh, having a larger perspective, I don't think is a bad thing because none of us kid ourselves as, as the OPP cruiser goes up County Road 45, it gets to Baltimore Valley Nursery and then, uh, which is still in Hamilton Township and then turns around because it's giving a, it, it's told to maintain a certain a ratio of its time spent in each community. It continues up 45 into Alnwick Haldeman, and that's exactly what you would expect. The, the reality is by integrating our perspective, I think we can actually improve service. So, so if there are weak spots, if there are areas that have been underserved, it will be much more obvious now when you're taking that slightly higher perspective on, on the, um, uh, on the, on the, the man, I, I'll call it management, but really, once the contract is signed with the OPP, it's it's more of an advisory relationship that the police services board have. They do they do have some some power, but at their core, they're there to make sure that if there are are parts of the community that aren't being serviced uh, adequately or equally, that 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 is communicated to the OPP, the local uh, detachment command. And uh, and hopefully resolve. So so I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. This is actually going to improve our the working relationship between uh, the community and the OPP. What do you do when you're not doing politics or running for mayor? How do you relax? <laughs> what do you do for fun? Do you have any hobbies or guilty pleasures? What? Well, um, I tell you the the farm keeps me very busy. Uh, it's the best form of exercise I've ever discovered. Barely over my age 18 weight, um, but I, but I'm not sure that's that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's a justification to have a farm. But it happens to be a side benefit. I enjoy uh, I, all all the ex exterior work in particular. Um, beyond that, uh, I have a, a few hobbies. I, I volunteer in a number of uh, environmental groups. I, of course, up until Filed my papers. I was volunteering at Northumberland 89.7. I I really enjoyed talking about environmental issues, renewable energy issues, and uh, I would have talked about politics, but you've got that covered already, <laughs> Robert. So I didn't want to step on those toes. But uh, and and I guess uh, family genealogy is something else. I I picked up a few years ago. I'm up I'm up to 104,000 relatives. I've I've been able to build on my family tree. So um, I have a heck of a Christmas card list now. <laughs> Why will you be a good mayor? I think I have, I have the enthusiasm. I have the experience. I have the hands-on perspective of 
what it takes to both manage large organizations, uh, be very active when it comes to uh, working in and maintaining agricultural and natural heritage um, uh, components of our, of our broader communities. I've enjoyed volunteering, not just in politics. I've, I've been in a wide variety of social groups. I was governor of all the YMCAs in uh, central Ontario. I'm a Rotarian for 22 years. Uh, I, I, uh, my family and I maintained the Bowmanton Pioneer Cemetery for decades, uh, which is quite close to the farm. Uh, planted 8,000 trees uh, on my own farm along with my father and, and maintained them. And, and those are all things that I find very fulfilling. And, and, and so I've tried to maintain a, a, a healthy balance between work and, and public service. And uh, I hope to continue to do that. This is one more way of serving the community. It, it allows me to take my experience at Queens Park. And as I mentioned right at the outset of this, to, to know, to not just want a certain outcome or hope that if I snap my fingers, you get a, a certain number, but to know that the tools exist to allow the mayor and, and with him, the rest of council, to, to properly, thoughtfully, and proactively deal with the sort of issues that have vexed other communities and have left them bereft of the quality of life that that I think we still enjoy from, from Lake Ontario all the way up to Rice Lake. And, and, uh, and so it's a passion to work with the other elected councillors to, to maintain uh, all the good things we have in Alnwick-Alderman and do make sure it's not just a very livable community, but an affordable community. Steve Gilchrist, I wanna thank you so much for talking to me today. Well, thank you, Robert, for your ongoing interest in all things uh, political. We, we we really need more discourse because uh, I think the public is better served when they, they have a chance to hear all sides and then make an informed decision. So thanks very much for this opportunity. That was Steve Gilchrist, candidate for Mayor of Alnwick-Haldeman. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.